Welcome in to Voice in the Kingdom on a Tuesday morning on the Box 2 Radio Network. And a Tuesday special guest co-host from Marshall, Texas, that's going to bring the word for us this morning is Elder Jeff Arrington. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Quincy. How are you doing? We're doing wonderful, man. We're doing wonderful. We're excited to have you, and we're excited to talk about the kingdom this morning. Glory. It is an exciting message, man, and it's all about progression when it comes to the kingdom. It's all about moving, you know. That's right. Uh, the universe is still expanding at 186,000 miles per second, so uh, God's kingdom is still moving. Amen. Amen. Moving on up. Yep. All about growth and growing and moving with God. Woo. So what's going on in Kentucky? Oh, man. <laughs> It's uh, it's the same same discussion, man. Just a different day, but you know we're we're excited because it looks like you know there's a lot of leaders that are that are getting bravened up and toughened up and and ready to get going and getting this fight going and and getting things back to where they need to be and and uh, trying to find ways to do that. And uh, we're actually going to be talking to a guy on Thursday uh, from Amarillo, Texas, Brian Gibson. Uh, we're going to be talking to him uh, about uh, the peaceablygather.com and, and trying to get all these churches to get back going. Uh, well, I understand, man. I know it's been a crisis. It's been a trying time for a lot of saints. But uh, these in those times, you know, it really proves that uh, uh, what we're made of, see. And uh, God uses, sometimes he uses uh, uh, crises to, to find out what's, what's in us, you know. Well, I, I think the uh, we we interview a lot of people, and I think in general, the world, the church world, is about had it. They've they've just about had it. Like me and brother Quincy was talking earlier. It's funny that all of a sudden everybody's everybody's coming back strong, going, "Hey, I'm I'm opening back up my church," or "Hey, I, I'm not going to be under the." When everybody submitted there in the beginning and tried to do what seemed right and but now they've went too far they've you know 15 days so that the hospitals didn't get overrun i understand that but two months down the road uh putting people in jail i mean it's it's crazy bro jeff we we interview all kind of stuff there's, there's people been went to jail a guy went to jail for playing t-ball with his kid in a park mm-hmm. he, he went to jail for that a lady went to jail for playing on a playground with her children I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Well, like I said, you know, those trying times, you know, it always <laughs> seems to, to, you know, pressure always seems to force things out of us that uh, that we didn't know about that was in us. So it's a good time for the ecclesia of the church to be proven uh, mm-hmm. and made authentic, you know, and uh, get rid of all the overtones and residue and, and uh, make sure that, uh, you know, that, we, we, we are what we say we are, and that's what pressure does. So uh, God uses everything, you know. Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm excited about, you know, the, the kingdom of God and, and making it relevant to our lives today. I was sharing with the, the men this morning. We had a little men Bible study how, how powerful the word of God is and how uh, you could take the word that was spoken, you know, thousands of years ago. But because we're under the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, he can quicken that word that he spoke to the, to the you know, the Ephesians church and make it alive to us and faith comes, you know. It's just a mystery how God can do that. Amen. 
and and I, I just share one scripture. You know, I hadn't I hadn't prepared anything, but that scripture out of Ephesians one it says, according to He has chosen us in Him. Now Paul was talking to the Ephesians church, but the Holy Spirit makes that word relevant to us. He's chosen us. See? Although he was talking to the Ephesians church thousands of years ago, the Spirit of God goes right in there and make that word be personal to me. Hallelujah. And, and to know that God has chosen us, see, for this hour, for this generation, before the foundation of the world, Whitney, God chose us. And this is, this has to do along with all I'm gonna be talking about today. Before we did anything wrong or right, God chose us. Mm, amen. Jesus said See, it's not based upon it's not based upon what we do right or wrong. It's based upon His choice. What you got, Whitney? I said Jesus told us. He said, "You did not choose me; I chose you." Exactly. So when I read that, even though he was he was talking to his disciples. I take that as he was speaking directly to Whitney. Mm. I chose you. There you go. Well, that's the power of uh, see, that's the power of the Spirit's dispensation, His administration. He's He's come to to make the Word alive to this generation, just like He did two thousand years ago. So we're under the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, where grace, you know, the Spirit of grace now it quickens that Word, and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But what type of Word? The Rhema Word. The personal word, and that's why we can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yeah. And that's kingdom progression because faith it, it builds. So we go from faith to faith. It's like we go from uh, grace to grace. And we move from faith to faith. Yeah. And uh, this this COVID nineteen is just another building block for the ecclesia to, to, to prove that that uh, we were we were built on something that is uh, immovable, if you will. This this rock that we've been built on, you can't move us off of. See? Amen. And and a lot of times God will let things happen to prove that point. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, yeah, we the were, gates of hell they cannot uh, prevail. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit this morning about you know there's people that are trying to say well God sent this I, you know I don't feel like God sent this but I do feel like He'll use this. No, God doesn't. God don't send diseases on people. Even neither would you on your own children. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I laughed at that because I know parents wouldn't put diseases on their own children. You know, you understand. Uh, but a lot of things things are allowed uh, uh, by the Lord, but He doesn't. He doesn't use diseases and put diseases on folks. Satan is behind that. And let's put that to rest. Jesus said in John chapter ten, the thief comes to steal kill and destroy right right but if i have come that you might you have life life, and life more abundantly. And life more abundantly that's right now he's talking about the god life zoe 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 life the, the god type of life he didn't some he didn't he wasn't talking about making bring you big cars and more houses and lands he's talking about the life of god right See, that oh that overcome the laws of death, spirit of life. So God doesn't use disease to kill folks. That's not his way, you know. He, he don't cause accidents to take folks home to put them in his garden. You know, he don't do, he don't do that. Mm. The 
thief is behind it. Satan is behind the, the killings and the murderings. He set up this cosmos. God did not. See? And, and, and the Lord gets blamed for a lot of stuff, but I'm here as a witness to tell you our Heavenly Father doesn't use diseases that put diseases on people. Right, but, but don't you think, Brother Jeff, that when you get outside of God's boundaries, that it puts you in a place that you're more susceptible to be uh, attacked or afflicted by the enemy? Another of course, when you're not, of course, when you're not under, being under God is, is a protection. Authority is for our protection. So when we submit ourselves to God, the scriptures is clear, submit yourself, therefore, unto God, resist the devil, he has to flee. So when we submit ourselves to God, see, and, and, and stay under him, of course there's protection, there's a hedge around about us. It's clear. But the moment we go independent and lawless, yes, the lion is seeking, you know, the, the, the Satan is going about like a lion seeking whom he can devour. Yeah. Right? right? What? Yeah, um... You know, because what I believe, what I just said before you got on here really was, I, I agree with God doesn't strike his children with a cancer. But I also believe that if America wouldn't have allowed abortion, homosexual marriage, just just all the ungodliness, kick God out of Congress, then there is the possibility that when this thing started sweeping the world that it couldn't have crossed our boundaries, couldn't have come into our borders, but we have a lot, we have a lot, we have taken down so many of the we've we've let our borders down and our walls down and stay and and we're not underneath the the whole covering of God as a nation anymore. So therefore, this thing was allowed to come into our state, into our country too. Well, we got to understand what world we in. Jesus is the God of this world, wouldn't you remember? Right. We, we're in a, a society where Satan has established uh, his rule, remember? Even when our Lord walked the earth, remember the temptation of Jesus? He said, now, if you will bow down and worship me, I'll, I will give you the, 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 the glory of these cities. He had some authority there because Adam, it goes all the way back to Adam's transgression, see? And uh, it gave Satan place. And, and Paul calls him the God of this world, remember? And Jesus called him the prince of this world. So he has a... A, a place given to him at the fall of Adam. Now, the scriptures is clear that we've been uh, uh, translated from the kingdom of darkness, those that receive Christ. But we still have people in the world that has not been translated. So Satan still has uh, a place of rule through deception now because he really has no power. He only rules by deception. Right. He's certain by the deception right now, but he has a place given to him uh, uh, by the first Adam. Hmm. But the kingdom of God, that's why we're preaching the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is all about the rule of God and coming back in order, coming back under God. That's why we talked about Abraham. God had to find a man, see? He had to find a man that would submit to his counsel. That's why he had to draw Abraham away from a natural carnal life and to teach him how to be led by the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit. Hmm. Yes. And the only way he could, you know, bring forth his purpose, he had to have a, a spiritual people 
which became a nation, a type and shadow of the ecclesia. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today, if we can. All right. Well, let's we'll get into that here in just a moment. We're going to take this first break right here where, you know, what, what's going on right now? It all comes together. We're going to come back with more with Elder Jeff Arrington on Voice in the Kingdom. All right, and we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. Thank you, Anita. We're here on the Box 2 Radio Network, and it's a Tuesday morning, and we have Brother Jeff Arrington from Marshall, Texas. And going into the break, uh, we're talking a little bit about, you know, what kind of the enemy has as far as authority goes here in this world. And so I want to continue on that a little bit. I know we were getting into, you know, that's why we talk about the kingdom of God, what authority we have, but he does have that authority that he's been given as well. Of course. Uh, and, and the scriptures is clear, see, when it, when it comes to uh, uh, two types of people in the earth today. Uh, the born-again Christian, right, the born-again man of the spirit, and then we have, you know, the natural man uh, uh, that needs, the, the, you know, that has to have Christ in order to escape uh, that system that allows Satan to operate so successfully that we see in our world today. So, you know, those are all the way back. My people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. knowledge. Spiritual knowledge. See, we're talking about spiritual knowledge. And right. I read scripture this morning with the guys again that without a vision, without a, a redemptive revelation of who God is, people perish. See, people perish. And that's why Christ has come to bring the gospel of the kingdom Uh the gospel of the kingdom, which opens our eyes to, to the way uh, of the heavenly perspective. And Adam fell, so God had to start all over again. Adam fell. And we and we know that he lost his place, and Satan came in and usurped his place. And now we see a cosmos, if you would, the world, the world system, cosmos. It's an adorning or an arrangement, if you read the Greek, uh, of things set in order by Satan. And uh, he's behind this, this system. But Christ comes along, we know, 2,000 years ago in, in a hostile situation because even Herod was, you know, inspired by Lucifer to kill all the children under two years old, trying to stop the seed, see, which we're talking about with Abraham, the, the, the type and shadow. So we want to look at the type and shadow so we can understand the real. So if you have your Bibles, let's look at a foundational scripture. We'll come back to it over and over again today, Galatians 4, verse 22 and 23. We'll finish that later on, but I want to take you somewhere. Today. Well, while you're getting and to if that. If you have questions or insights, you know you're welcome to do Yeah. While we're getting to that first scripture, we just had a listener that said, good morning, good stuff, Brother Jeff. Open it up and get the stuffing out. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting encouragement right off the top. <laughs> well, we're going to get it out as best we can by the Holy Ghost. Brother. Amen. But in Galatians 4, verse 22, it says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by the bondmaid, the other by the free woman. But he who was born of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was born by promise. And we're going to discuss that today. We'll go back to Genesis here in a minute. But you, you see Abraham had two sons. See, and this is where Paul was praying for us in Ephesians chapter 1, that 
that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will be in the church, be upon the body of Christ, where we could see Christ in the wisdom and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, all the scriptures, they testify of me. So we learn by looking at the type, the allegory, the shadow, to understand the real. So uh, let's discuss these two sons. I believe last week we talked about the seven separations, and I left out one, and uh, I believe it was the Ishmael one, and we're going to uh, look at Ishmael and try to understand this covenant of God, which is the New Testament, the Spirit of God, and how it relates to us concerning the kingdom. Because my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, see? Yeah. And without a foundation, you know, what can the righteous do? See, Satan comes in and kills, steals, and destroys because we don't have a proper or right foundation in our lives. But God is raising up, hallelujah, leaders now, men of God, who are bringing the pure seed of the word and taking us off the milk bottles, right, and getting us to the to the strong meat, it says, out of Hebrews chapter 5. Strong meat belongs to them that are mature, right? Yeah. But there's so many babies in the body of Christ because the leaders now will just keep, we keep teaching, this, you know, these milk, just keep the milk bottles of, of the word. But God is wanting us to get to the meat and to understand his covenant, how to activate it, and how to take charge, and how uh, to rule demons, see? You think, so if you have your Bible... Do you think there's a, you know, you know, culturally there's still, you know, and, and the same the same thing is happening across the body of Christ, whether it be leaders or not, that the enemy's done such a good job of keeping us busy doing all this other stuff, and even busy within ministry, that we don't get that right foundation, that we don't get in the Word on a regular basis, that we don't get that depth or that meat. That's so true, see, and, and that's why uh, Quincy he's bringing the revelation of sonship uh, to the forefront now, back mm -hmm. to our identity. Remember, we started this radio show weeks and weeks ago about uh, identity crisis. Yeah. And uh, if a man can find his identity and, and find it in his heavenly Father, that, that he can come into a place of rest where he can cease from a lot of fleshly activity to find his identity. In his title, in his work, in his ministry, in his job, all these can substitute the place of Christ. Dude. Yeah. All of this, my gift, what I do, all this can substitute Christ, and it becomes a lot of uh, uh, religious activity that's that's not hitting the mark. See, in what God is wanting, and uh, see Satan behind that. See, he, he loves to keep us busy as long as we're not in the will of God. <laughs> right. See, I just. The Bible says that, that Satan deceiveth the whole world. And I know that that's wrote right. in Revelations in the in the uh -huh. end book. But like you said, right. the word of God, just as though it's not on, when you read the Old Testament, it's not it wasn't just for then. It's for now. That verse there also to me hits me right here at home. The enemy deceives the whole world. So we have to be really mindful and on top of what we're believing or we're going to be deceived. Right. Right. That's why we need the spirit of truth, see. That spirit of truth, uh, when Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit descended, right? And he came with the spirit of truth to, to, to lead and guide us into all truth, right? And uh, keep us from being deceived. This is called the anointing, the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that right now with him because there, there are so many Christians that are susceptible to this deception. And it says in Ephesians, that's why God raised up, if you would, uh, uh, five-fold ministry gifts, that we be not, what, tossed to and fro hmm. by every wind of doctrine, That's right? That's a good point. Right. Yeah. Tossed to and fro, and, and deceived by the cunning, see, the cunning, the cunning works of men. 
And that's what he was talking about. That all the Satan's behind all this deception, even in the church realm, to keep us from growing to that full statue, right, of Christ Jesus. So we all come into that unity of the faith, into the full statue of Jesus Christ. And that's the goal. That's the that's the, the ministry goal of, of the Lord is to get the body of Christ to become fully mature. Right? Right. So sonship is, is pressing into the forefront, see, of, of, of the kingdom because that was it's God's heart from the beginning through through the tight and shadow of Abraham, he wanted a family. Right? He wanted a family, he wanted a nation, he wanted sons and daughters, he wanted heirs. So that's what we're talking about through the one seed called Christ. Now, Adam lost it, but Christ's seed has come to restore it. So if you have your Bible, let me know now when the break comes, Quincy. I got I, you. You know that. Yeah, I got you. you. Many times. But uh, in Genesis uh, uh, chapter 15, verse, verse 1, we'll start there. But last week we talked about God drew Abraham out from his father's house, remember? We talked about from his country, from his kindred. Right. He had to make those cuts, those separations from his country, his kindred, his father's house, from Lot. Remember that? I remember. I was adding them all up, trying to ask Quincy where the seven were, because I kept asking him, have him say that again, because I wasn't getting seven. So I'm glad you <laughs> well, said you forgot off. one. We're going to discuss that today. Seven was Ishmael. So we have his country, kindred, father's house, Lot. He separated from riches. He had to separate from Ishmael. And then there was Isaac. So we'll discuss Ishmael today. So if you have your Bible, remember Abraham had two sons, right? Yeah. One of the free woman and one of the bond woman. We'll, just, we'll, we'll try to, you know, uh, uh, pull back the veil so we can see this mystery of Christ where we can identify to it and, and activate this covenant of God on another level. But right here, Genesis 15, verse, verse 1 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and our exceeding great reward. Now, this voice came right after he made that separation from the deceitfulness of riches when he gave a tithe of all uh, uh, to the, uh, uh, the high priest, Melchizedek. He, he separated from that. He separated from Lot. And then here, here we see that God visited him. He said, I am thy shield and our exceeding great reward. And then he says in verse 2, And Abram said, Lord God, what would I give me seeing I go childless? And Abram said, Behold, to me give no seed, you give no seed, and lo, one born in my house is not my heir. Then God begins to promise him something. He says, Look, this is not my plan for you. My plan is to bring forth a seed from your own bowels, the scripture says in verse 5. So we see that God has promised Abraham something. And in verse 6, it says that he believed in the Lord. And see, that's the key to the gospel. When God speaks and we mix it with faith, see, it activates, it activates the promise. It sets it in motion. It's no different than this. When, when the angel, remember, and the angel Gabriel visited Mary, and he began to preach the gospel to her, and she mixed it with faith, mm. it set in motion, see, yeah. the performance of what that angel had spoke, what God had spoke to Mary. See, anytime we hear the word and that rhema voice and God speak to you, and you say, God, I believe that, it causes activation. It causes, it sets in motion the thing that God promised or said. So we see here in verse uh, uh, 6, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it unto him for righteousness. Because Abraham believed what God said, he became in right standing with God, activated the promise. 
Then it goes on to say, God began to show him a covenant, a new thing that he was doing. Let's look down at verse 8. And he said, Lord, God, whereby will I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me a half of three years old, a goat, she goat, three years old, a ram of three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another, but the birds he divided not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcass, Abraham drew, drove them away. You know, sometimes when God speaks to you, you got to drive out, uh, you know, thoughts that are contrary, mm. feelings that are contrary to what God has told you. This is where the enemy comes in to, to take the word. The scripture says, immediately when the word is sown, the enemy comes to take that word out of your heart because he knows the power of that word to reproduce itself. If you mix it with faith and hold it in your heart, what the word says about your life. So you have, sometimes you have to drive away the foul. You have to drive away those thoughts. To drive away those people that are speaking contrary. You have to drive them away because God is wanting to cut a covenant with you. Amen. He's wanting to go to another level in relationship and, and your purpose and showing you uh, why he's chosen you. You have to drive out the foul sometimes. Yeah. Now, this dividing asunder is a type and shadow now. Here we go, a type and shadow, see, uh, of Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. Uh, let's look at Hebrews 4.12 because he divided these uh, uh, animals. And, and uh, uh, i tell you what, let me finish reading this. And when the sun was gone down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. Hmm. And he said unto Abram, No poor surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land. Now God begins to prophesy to him the 400 years of, of uh, captivity in Egypt. And he begins to tell him about how they were going to suffer things. And after 400 years, they will be brought out. And uh, this is this is the covenant. And in verse 17, it says, And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between the pieces. Now, this, this was a type and shadow of the anointing. Mm. And the anointing consists of the word and the spirit, right? The, word, the smoking furnace was a type and shadow of the spirit burning lamp, the word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. So we see Christo walking between the pieces uh, yeah. of the animals, right? right? And they were a type and shadow of the soul and the spirit out of Hebrews 4.12. Let's look at Hebrews 4.12. Well, let's, let's take, a, let's take a, a stop right here, and we'll come back with Hebrews okay. 4.12. We're going to take this top okay. of the hour break. Uh, this is really good stuff. We're getting into the meat now, and we're going to be right back on Voice in the Kingdom. Okay. Welcome back in, folks. This is Voice in the Kingdom on a Tuesday morning here on the Box 2 Radio Network. And we're on with Elder Jeff Arrington out of Marshall, Texas. And we're getting into the, the meat of this discussion and was getting ready to get into Hebrews 4.12 right before the break. Notice where Hebrews 4.12 was, was positioned. If you read Hebrews 4.3, it talks about the wilderness and how they were, you know, they, 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 they were misinformed about the purpose of God. They want to return to Egypt, and they were overthrown in the wilderness. And because of their unbelief, you know, they became more and more hardened. But here it says that, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing of sunder. Remember now that, 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 that Christ Christos walked between the pieces, right? 
This is dividing of sunder of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and in the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So we see here God is wanting to bring clarification to his ways and how he operates. Remember, Abraham had two sons. God drew Abraham away to take him out of the natural realm, the natural way of living, to show him a spiritual walk, spiritual life, to bring forth a spiritual seed or spiritual nation. But in order to do that, he had to bring understanding of the covenant and who the covenant was for and how to activate the covenant. So here we see the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit. Now, the Bible says that we were made in the image of God, right? And we, now, I, I believe that, uh, I believe in the Trinity. I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Three in one. The Trinity. And I believe that God says, let us make man in our image. I believe we're a triune. I believe we are spirit, soul, and we have a body. Is that all right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> There's a lot of people, you know, you get a lot of stuff out there, man. There's a lot of doctrines out there. But the word of God is clear that God is, is triune. And we are just like God. And before Adam sinned, y'all know Adam was, uh, uh, living in peace, harmony with God. He was living in the spirit. He experienced no fear. Uh, none of these anxieties attacks, none of this heartache, none of this accident reflux, none of this stuff. He was in perfect harmony with God. But the moment he's transgressed, right? The moment he transgressed, he lost his order of peace. His soul begins to rule now. Now he's living by his emotions. Now he's living by his thoughts. See, this is what Satan implemented in the garden. This is what his, his plan was, to, to cause God's creation to no longer live by the tree of life, the spirit, but now live by their emotions, their soul, what they feel. What do you think the abortion thing is all about? It's about how the woman feels. She don't, want to, she don't feel like keeping her baby. She feels like she has the right to kill it. Is that not true? Yeah. Yeah. That comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It comes from the tree of death. If I don't feel like it's my right to kill my baby if I want to. Listen to this. I don't care how we try to sugarcoat it and say it's a fetus, it's a this, it is a no, 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 no. It's a baby. And Satan has so deceived us, so deceived so many people, we believe that we have the right to choose to be selfish and kill that child if we want to. That's a whole other subject, so we'll just leave that there. <laughs> but God has come to walk between the pieces to show us a difference and show what covenant he's made with Abraham and show us how to live. See? And the scripture is clear. If you read up, if you go back to, to verse 1 and 2, it says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left of entering into the rest, any of you should seem to become short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, listen to this, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. See, when Abraham heard the word, he mixed it with faith. He believed. That set in motion. So God took him to the next level. He said, now, I want to show you my covenant. Why? Because you believe in me. So we're going to discuss this covenant. Now go back to Genesis, if you would. Let's go back to Genesis 16, verse 1. Sixteen, verse one. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold, 
Now the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray that you go into my handmaid. It may be that I might obtain children by her. And listen to this. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Now that sounds familiar. It sounds like what Adam did in the garden. And the scripture says that she gave unto her husband and he did eat. Now, Hagar was an Egyptian. She was a worldly woman that represents the world. God had just promised Abraham, this is what I'm going to do for you. His wife comes with a, a great idea, birthed from the soul, the soulish realm, the political realm, and comes up with a great idea, and, and, and Abraham goes for it. And the Bible says, Abram hearkened to the voice of his wife. And here we see now, this is called uh, a work of the flesh, Ishmael. Mm -hmm. What was birthed from that great idea she had? Ishmael. And uh, the scripture says in verse 5 that she realized she made a mistake. And Sarah said unto Abram, my wrong be upon thee. In other words, she realized, uh-oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> and a lot of times uh, Ishmael represents a work of the flesh. And uh, let's put it in this category. Like, you know, in my lifetime, I, you know, I went to this car dealership. And I wanted this car so bad, right? <laughs> And you know you don't supposed to sign those papers with me, and you go ahead and sign them. <laughs> I've been there. And what you birth Quincy is an Ishmael, mm. right? Right. You didn't, you didn't wait. You didn't see God on it. You wanted to have that car. And we've all had some type of form of Ishmael. And from that day forward, that car causes you more problems, <laughs> right? Because it was a work of the flesh. And we, we can do that. In you know, we can do that in ministry too. I, we do that in ministry too. Yeah, all the time. I was just about to say that, <laughs> and that's what I was about to say. And a lot of times, if we don't know the difference between soul and spirit, even in ministry, you have uh, uh, men of God who, who go to the seminary or the cemetery, right, and receive a diploma, and then they come up with all their ideas of how to be successful in God. Hmm. Prime example. I'm gonna use myself for this for the example. I go to the seminary, I graduate, right? I come out with a degree. Now I'm ready to, they say, pastor somewhere. All right. So I get to this 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 fellowship, and now I have to come up with a name, right? Because it's my church, right? <laughs> I, I have to think of a name. So I come up with a name and call it, let's say, Kingdom Way Church, right? Kingdom Way Church. Now that sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. That's very biblical, too, right? Kingdom Way Church. Think about that. Kingdom Way Church. Are you now, getting a vision? Huh? <laughs> I said, are you getting a vision? <laughs> <laughs> but the only thing about it, Christ didn't tell me to do that. Why? Because he said, upon this rock, I'm going to be a my church. Not mine. He is. And see, we come up with all these names, all these titles. And all this stuff, it's a work of the flesh. It's a work of the flesh. I'm doing a work in Africa. You know that, Whitney, Quincy. And I was talking to one of the young guys yesterday. I'm training and helping discipling him. And, and, I, and I, I was saying, you know why we call our fellowship church in Marshall? He said, I hadn't thought about it. Church in, I said, because in Revelation, the angel said, write these things. Say to the church at Pergamos, to the church at Batara, see, to the church at, at Philadelphia. Why? Because the church is a people in a place, in a city. It's not a title on the sign 
or the marquee out in front of the, the door. We are a people. The ecclesia is a people. And we have to renew our minds constantly, constantly, you know, that I am the church. I am the body of Christ. I am, I am, I am bone of his bones. See, this is the revelation of, uh, of who we are, identity. I am part of Christ's body. Yeah. He's the head, we're the body. So we come up with all these Hagar twins. We come up with all these these uh, uh, work of the flesh and mind. And what happens is it neutralizes the covenant because God did not make a covenant with the flesh. We're going to see that right here. And we're going to know how to activate this covenant and watch God work. What do you got, Whitney? So we see. Uh, huh? Whitney's you, got something. Have you ever. Because, I mean, I, I will admit, you know a lot more about this than me. You know, you know what all these words mean. But have you. Whenever I've always looked at this before, here's what I've seen. All right? You can correct me if I'm wrong on the radio. I don't care. But here's what I've seen. God caused this sleep to fall on Abraham. And, and and they're making they're getting ready to make a contract a covenant, and God passed through there in the form of a furnace and then in the form of a lamp, and Abraham didn't do anything but sleep through it, and I've always viewed that as he knew since Abraham didn't have anything in this covenant, then whenever if Abraham would have signed a signed, done his part and went through there and signed hey this is my part. And God, this is your part. Then, when Abraham broke his part, he would have he would have broke the covenant. But since God did it for him in both ways, now when he did fail with Ishmael, instead of God saying, "Hey, you broke the covenant; it's done," God was able to go ahead and give him Isaac. So that's, well, just, that's what we're gonna get to. That's that's the next part. Okay. See, because I didn't mean to jump ahead of you. See, God is not bound by our mistakes and our flaws. Right. That's, that doesn't that doesn't intimidate him. God is more concerned with his choice. See, he chose Abraham before the foundation of the world. Come he knew on. Abraham was going to blow it, and me, you both. He knew he was going to create an Ishmael. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's not and that's not pre and that's not predestination. That's not Satan was going to fall and rebel. Yeah, and that's not predestination. That's just knowing that we're human beings and we're going to make choices because of free will that are going to that we're going to blow it. I mean, that's it's, right. you know. But what my point is, see, it doesn't matter about what we do right or wrong. It's his choice. Yeah. And, and, and see, if people understood that, they would pray for Trump. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> it has to do with God's choice. Mm. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ did what? He died for us. When you were in your mess, Christ, Christ died for you. So our mess doesn't, doesn't intimidate God. He still chooses whomsoever he wills. Amen. Right? Now, he has a demand in, in, in Genesis 17, 1. It says, and Abraham was 90 years old and nine. He was 99 years old. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. In other words, you made a mistake, immature mistake. Because that word perfect has to do with maturity. Walk before me and be mature. Be mature. Tell your wife, no. God promised. We're going to wait on God. See, even though he made a mistake, God came right back and said, now look, walk before me and be perfect. I want to make a covenant with you. I want to multiply you. See, that didn't, even, that didn't affect God. Yeah, he created the Ishmael. Yeah, he created the work of the flesh. But God chose Abraham before the foundation of the world. 
So God was able to come back and say, now, Abram, walk before me and be perfect. I'm doing something in your life. I don't need your good ideas to help me. <laughs> and that was like 10 or 12 years later, too, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm 13, probably. I don't need you to help me fulfill my promise to you. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm. See, I don't need you to, to help me, you know, uh, save the world. Right. And the Bible says Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him. And God began to discuss, again, the covenant, see? But this time he had a requirement. Be mature with this. Don't be immature. No, Adam did eat. See, a lot of times the Bible says that Adam did eat. Adam should have said, no, no, Eve. God told us not to eat from the tree. We're not going to eat from it. But no, he did eat. He was immature. Right here, Abraham should have told Sarah, no, we're going to wait for God. But the Bible says he hearkened to the voice of his life. So God is telling me right now, walk before me, be mature. Grow up. Trust me. Have faith in me. And God says, I'm going to make a promise. And verse 7 says, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generation for an everlasting covenant. See? And that word gene, generation, you have the word gene come from the word what? To generate a seed to become something. So we see that God is not thinking of just Abraham. He's thinking of our generation, even now. Listen to this. He said, and out of thee in their generation. See, that covenant that God cut with Abraham has power in our generation that we can activate properly through faith. See? And verse 8, and I will give unto thy seed after thee. See, here we go. He's talking about the generation, the land. So God is saying, look, Understand the difference between soul and spirit. I want to show you. My covenant is not with your soul and your emotions and your how you feel. My covenant is with your spirit, man. The one that, that, that should be ruling in your life, that Adam lost the order when Satan tricked him out of his inheritance. See, Adam was living by the spirit, ruled by his spirit. Here comes Satan. Eat from this tree. He eats from this tree. Now, all of a sudden, his spirit dies, and his soul, his feelings, his emotions, and, and it takes over. And now he's living by, see, circumstances instead of the glory of God. But God is trying to restore back to us now spiritual men. That's why he chose Abram. He wanted Abram to become a spiritual man. A man. He wanted Abram to produce a spiritual people. And I, I won't get ahead of myself, but that's okay. Let's go to, uh, let's look at verse... Uh, 11, 17, 11. 10 says, This is my covenant which I will keep between me and you, and I see after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. What does circumcision mean? That means a cut, right? And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. Now, what the type of shadow of circumcision? This has to, God is saying, No flesh will touch what I'm doing in your life. That's the cut of the circumcision. Now, let's make it relevant to our day. In Romans chapter 2, it talks about this covenant, the new covenant, is of the heart and the spirit. Now God is circumcised in our hearts. The first covenant was uh, the foreskin of, a, of, of the male, a type and shadow that no flesh will be able to touch what he produces. And this is sonship, this is where sonship comes in. 
God takes us and takes us to a, a, a series of circumcising us to take away our, the strength of our flesh, the confidence in our flesh. Paul said in Philippians 3.3, 3, we are the circumcision, we worship God in the spirit, we put no confidence in the flesh. Why? Because God has cut us. He's the father of circumcision. This is the correction. This is the uh, uh, coming in, instructing, and correcting us. With. This is what sonship. God circumcises you, see? And that's what he's doing in our lives. That's what he's doing in your life. He's circumcising your flesh that you may bring forth a pure seed, a pure word, not mingle with your uh, uh, thoughts and your denomination or your religion, but a pure seed that comes from the spirit. And that's where the power is. That's where the power is going to return back to the church at the seal. Well, we can get back to the pure seed of the word of God and remove, see, the mixture. Babylon, Babylon, the world, Egypt. If we can remove the mixture out of the body of Christ and bring back the pure word of God, see, the power will manifest again on a different level. Yeah. The authority of God will return back to the ecclesia. Well, that's something... Now, some people are walking in the authority of God. Why? Because they've learned to circumcise their flesh. They come under the rule of God. Now when they speak, demons have to obey. Yeah. Well, And, and that's why the, the enemy does what he does to try to get us to rely on the flesh and have more confidence in the flesh because he knows that that complete surrender of that is where the power is. You know, we were talking right. earlier about, you know, being busy. Why do you think we're busy? To try to give ourselves more confidence in the flesh that we can do it. We can do this, this, and this. All, right. all, all those cultural things that are that are prevalent in the world that have led to abortion and homosexual marriage and all of this other stuff is all confidence in the flesh that we can do this, this, and this without God's law, without God's direction. Exactly. That, exactly. That, that's the thing that's had me so fired up through this whole thing, Brother Jeff, is we've read the Word. We know what the Word says. And for, and for all these people of God, preachers included, to retreat and go the opposite way just just stirs me up to the point of where uh, it just stirs me up. And uh, I probably said some things that I might have not th thought through all the way with prudence and wisdom like a buddy of mine told me, but, <laughs> but it still stirs me up that we know what the Word says. We, we know yeah. what it says, and to see everybody go the opposite way and run from instead of run to, instead of being like David, you know, we know when David picked up them stones, he was down in a, a brook, and he had to run up a hill to whip a giant. And whenever I see the church down there in that valley and, and hiding from the giant, it, it bothers me. It, it really well, see, that's does. That's why God has come to you to cause us to walk before him be mature. He's using this to cause everything that happened, like you said, God uses. This COVID-19 stuff is causing the body of Christ to grow, see, mature. We've been babies. We've been fearful. We've been uh, doubting and unbelief people. But God is, has a remnant now, see, that's believing his covenant. In verse 17, I mean, chapter 17, verse 21, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac. Isaac is a type and shadow of the spirit. See, Ishmael was the firstborn, representing the firstborn of the flesh. Isaac is the secondborn, representing the spirit. God is trying to show us, look, my covenant is with the, the man that's born of the spirit, the man that received Jesus Christ and is born from above, the man that's born of the spirit. That's the covenant. That's the one that, that I covenant with, see. And then when we try to uh, uh, work for God in the soul, in the flesh, it produces nothing. 
Jesus said the flesh profited nothing. So God is trying now to circumcise the people, get us back to the pure seed of the word of God, where now he can establish his covenant, which he told Abraham years and years ago. I want to establish my covenant not only with you, but your seed. Now, I read last last week about they that are of, the, of faith are the true children of, uh, of Abraham, right? Amen. Those that are of faith, right, are the seed of Abraham. So we see the covenant is to the second born, not to the first born, the second born. And see, a lot of saints are still haven't been uh, a marriage mode or the, haven't had that, that division where they understand their soul and spirit. And see, Quincy, and, and we, that's what God is doing in our life. He's teaching us how to know the difference between the soul and the spirit when it comes to handling the word, ministering the word, see, and living this life. What are you living from? The natural life, the soul, or you're living from the spirit? And if we can get this down, see, and understand that having our senses exercised, see, the scripture says, and, and know how to discern, right, spirit and soul, we won't miss the mark so much. And now the Holy Spirit will re, will return in power because he's only here to represent and to testify of Jesus, not of Jeff, not of Whitney, not of Quincy. Amen. He's to testify of Jesus Christ, right? Right. He, he didn't come to establish the First Baptist Church, the Second Baptist Church, or the Pentecostal Church, or the Assembly of God Church, or the Word of Faith Church. He comes to establish Christ as Lord of all, as the head of his body. That's why he's here. That's why he come to establish, see? And when we add all these additives and all this stuff in here, he can't touch that. He's not going to testify to that. But he's looking for a man. He's looking for a remnant now that will represent 100% their Lord. And he will back that up. He will testify to that. And this COVID-19 we are the generation I believe God has raised up for this hour is only to, to make us strong in faith that we can handle this right. Not to cause us to be division or divided, but cause us to be genuine, authentic sons of the living God who are not moved, see, by our circumstances. We stand firm, see, unmovable, unshakable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. In a in a right spirit. See, in a right spirit. So we see that God's covenant is to the secondborn, Isaac, not to the firstborn. All right? Amen. Now, Quinn, how much time we got for the last 30 minutes? Yeah, we, you, we, you, got about, minutes. you got about four minutes till the break here. Okay, four minutes. So we see now that the revelation now that we need to understand the covenant is to the secondborn. And to establish and to activate this covenant, you must be born of the Spirit. Right? You must be born in the spirit. See, Isaac is a type and shadow of grace. Isaac didn't do a thing. He was just born at the right time, in the right place. The Bible says that Isaac received, Abraham gave everything he had to Isaac. That's what scripture says. Isaac just was born at the right place at the right time, representing grace. Thank God I was born at the right place at the right time, representing grace. Amen. I didn't do a thing to, to deserve the blessings and all that we get from Christ Jesus, right? We just happen to be born on this side of Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. When he hung his head with me, he said, it's finished. We didn't do a thing to discern health, healing, riches, prosperity. No, Christ has given it to us. 
as Isaac was, so are we. What? Born after the Spirit. That's what I want to get to next in the next section. Because we see that this grace is the favor and, and the influence of God on our life, which we did none of us deserved. Mm. Amen. But because God chose Isaac, see, remember? He chose us before the foundation of the world. He chose Isaac. He didn't choose Ishmael. He chose Isaac. And some people say, why did God enter? Because he wanted to. He chose Isaac because he wanted to. <laughs> it's a typing shadow of the Spirit. Amen. Well, speaking of type and shadow, we had a listener that, that said they never saw Abram and Hagar in context with Adam and Eve in the garden before. I know you made that point a little earlier, so, yeah. so that's a different perspective. Yeah. So, Well, we always eat. We've got to watch to eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. And Ishmael represents a work of the flesh that which come from the mind. That's what came from the emotions. That what came from the stirring of our emotions. You have people in the church that, that, that prophesy out of their soul. They get stirred in their emotions. They stand and prophesy, and it didn't go nowhere because it didn't come from the spirit. Mm-hmm. And see, spiritual people, we got to come to maturity where we can bring forth the word of God from our spirit, where we can serve God out of our spirit, see? where we can love God from worship God in the spirit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And do away with all all the entertainment that the church, you know, that we we all we got all this entertainment, and and if you can sing, and you got a gift, and all. See, it's a difference between the gift and the anointing. Amen. That's that's a good point. Right. Yeah. We can discuss that the next session. Yeah, we we talked. Uh, we our guest yesterday was a worship leader and has done big things with a lot of. But he was so humble because he understood that difference. He understood the difference okay. between anointing and a gift. And uh, okay. And you can really tell. You, you can tell the difference between those those worship leaders that are like that. <laughs> well, that's what that's powerful. See, because that's the way we talk. We're, we're talking about living from the spirit. Yeah. Worshiping from the spirit, bringing our gift. See. Under our, the rule of our spirit. We can talk about this the next, the last 30 minutes. Yeah. We'll be right back with more with Elder Jeff Arrington on Voice in the Kingdom on the Box 2 Radio Network. All right, and we're back with Voice in the Kingdom. Thank you, Anita. This is Voice in the Kingdom on a Tuesday morning here on the Box 2 Radio Network. And we have, uh, again, this uh, second trivia question out there. In which city did the man fall from the third-story window to his death, only to be raised from the dead by Paul? 270-257-2689. That drawing is May the 29th. And uh, we are grateful for all of our folks that participate in our Bible trivia. I try, we try to come up with questions that make you at least look it up for a minute. And uh, Brother Phil Snyder looked it up and got it right. In which city did the man fall from the third-story window to his death, only to be raised from the dead by Paul? And that was Troas. Uh, Acts 20, 6 through 12 is that story. Thank you, Brother Phil. And uh, we have Jeff Arrington on the phone teaching out of uh, Marshall, Texas, and we are excited to continue. And he was talking about Isaac uh, being that type and shadow of the Spirit. And let's get right back into that. All right. Well, we see there on that uh, the distinction between the soul and the Spirit is just a type and shadow. We see that. That Isaac and Ishmael, just a type and shadow of the firstborn and the secondborn. And uh, now let's discuss here in uh, chapter 18. I'm not going to read the whole chapter because we don't have time for all of that. But 
this is where the three angels visited Abraham, and they were on their way to Sodom to find out what was really going on there. And uh, they begin to discuss some things with Abraham, and uh, the Bible says that that uh, <laughs> while they was talking to Abraham, they were discussing Sarah. And it, it says in verse 12 uh, that, well, before then, God promised that, yes, I'm going to call Sarah to have a child. And she heard it. She was standing in the tent door, and she heard God saying that she would have a child, and she was 90 years old. So you can imagine me in 90, <laughs> and you hear God say, you will have a child. So in verse 12, the scripture says, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, well, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old as I am, she said. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying she shall surely bear a child, which I, when she is old. Now, here's, now she didn't know, God. how many know God can hear anything? See, God heard her. Amen. She laughed, and God saw her and heard her. And and in, in the verse 14, listen, this is the own testimony of Jesus Christ of God himself. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, this is God speaking. He's yeah. telling himself, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Now, you might be facing a situation right there that might be hard for, for you or for man. But let me tell you, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. Whatever that situation is in your family, whatever that situation may be in your body, whatever that situation may be in your life, bring it to the Lord. There's nothing too hard for him. And this is Old Testament account. New Testament, pick it up. The Spirit of New Testament says that, that all things are possible to them that believe with God. All things are possible. Bring it to the Lord. Put him to the test. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Then he prophesied, at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Sarah shall have a son. Now, the lady was 90 years old. <laughs> Abraham was 99. <laughs> waiting, waiting, everything, and everything dead in their body. Sometimes God will wait you out. Sometimes God will just wait you out, man, let you get to the point where you can do nothing for yourself. And then at the last hour, hour, he would come and see. And at 99, and at 90, he couldn't produce any more Ishmael. His, his body was dead, Scripture says, in Romans. His body was dead. Sarah's womb was dead. The, the Bible says in, in, in 21, now let's go to 21, and I'm going to get to my point here. This is 21.1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. So we see that God fulfilled his word to Sarah and Abraham. Abraham was 99, Sarah was 90, and God visited them in the time of life and quickened their body, quickened their, and, and they brought forth a seed. Paul understood the, the, the type and shadow in Galatians. Now let's go back to Galatians and, and really get the understanding of what, all that was said today. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 4, where we were. Twenty-two, right? Was it? We read that scripture. Right. Yes. What is written that Abraham had how many sons? Two. Two. The one by the bondmaid. Ishmael, the other by the free woman, Isaac. 
But he was born of the bond woman, was born after the flesh, Ishmael. But he there of the free woman by promise, Isaac, which things are allegory, for these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, the law was genitive bondage, which is Hagar. Right? For Hagar is in Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answers to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. In other, in other words, Paul is saying, as long as Jerusalem stay under the law, she's going to stay in bondage. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. In other words, the Jerusalem from the Spirit, the church, the body of Christ, born of the Spirit, see, is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice thou that barren did not bear, break forth and cry that thou did not travail not, for the desolate have many more children than that which have which had a husband. In other words, Israel is married to the law, right? And as long as Israel is married to the law, see, she's gonna be in bondage. But she said the desolate woman, which we are, the Gentiles, the desolate woman has more children than the one that's married to the law. Why? Because the spirit is producing way more results than the flesh. Hmm. Do you understand that? Do y'all see that? Amen. As long as you are married to the law, right, you're going to be in bondage. But the moment you see that Christ has come, and the moment you receive Christ and become born of the Spirit, you become free. Hallelujah. Now you're able to produce way more fruit. Hallelujah than the law could ever produce. Hmm. And now God is saying, we're producing way more children and fulfilling the prophecy that he told Abraham, look at the stars, man, look at the sky, look at the, the dust in, on the sand. You're going to have more children, more children, more children. He was talking about those that are born of the Spirit. Amen. That's why he said break four, because he's about to do something. Well, I want you to know it's here. We are the children. He said, rejoice. We were barren. We couldn't produce nothing until Christ came. Right? We were the barren woman, the church. But now she's born of the Spirit. Now she's able to take the Word of God in her heart and produce children, glory. Men of the Spirit. Women of the Spirit. See, that's the church, the living God. The Jerusalem from above. The woman is from above. See? Let me read on. But as then, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit. Even so, and now he is. Nevertheless, what said the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Now, this is Hagar and Ishmael. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heirs with the son of the free woman. In other words, God told Abraham, get rid of Ishmael and Hagar. They got to go. Get rid of the flesh. Get rid of that which comes from the flesh. They will not be heirs, see. But everyone that's born of the Spirit, talking about the ecclesia, who we are, the church, have become heirs, have become sons, see, of the free woman. We are free. And I'm so, uh, and that's why, Whitney, that's why Satan is encroaching upon the freedoms of the church, ecclesia. See, it starts in the spirit world. The spirit, see, we are free. And that's why he, he's raised up these, these false religions and false governments like communism in China. They can't even raise their hands to God like we can over here. They can't even carry their Bible. Well, guess what? The God of this world wants to do the same here. He wants us to take away our liberty, take away our freedom. He wants to take it away. But I'm here to tell you, 
the, the scriptures is clear that the gates of hell will not prevail. See, Amen. and as long as Jesus Christ lives and He's never going to die, we're going to be able to praise God, worship Him openly. We will not our freedoms will not be taken away. But see, Satan's behind it. He raised up communism. He raised up socialism. He raised up this, what to take away the liberty of this free woman and her children. But as long as Christ Jesus is the head of the church, see, we ain't going nowhere. Mm. <laughs> see, and I, I'm here to tell you that we've been praying that, that communism will fall, socialism will fall, because we have many brothers and sisters in China that can't even lift their hands openly and worship God. In 2020, you kidding me? In yeah. 2020, you can't even worship your the Lord? But see, Satan's trying to do the same thing here. Whitney, he's behind it. That's why we cannot wrestle against flesh and blood. That's why we can't get hung on uh, our men in the flesh. Remember what Paul, remember what the Lord told Peter? He said, for Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father. This thing is of the heart and the spirit, see? And Satan knows that. So what he's trying to do is use by natural means to shut down, see, the freedom of those that are born of the spirit. He know and recognize those that are God. The scripture is clear. Nevertheless, the foundation of God is sure. Having this seal, God knows them that are his. Mm -hmm. And so does Satan. And we refuse to let him encroach upon our freedoms and liberties in this country more than just our constitution. I'm talking about our spiritual heritage now, our spiritual constitution. And Paul solidified it in, in Romans uh, uh, chapter 8. Our place and our position in the body of Christ, that we are men and women born after the Spirit. He started out with, there is therefore what? No condemnation. Right? Let's go to Romans 8 and finish this up. Romans 8. Let's finish this up. We report. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. This whole call of Abraham was to teach him to walk after the Spirit. The whole call was about that. And to have a people, I didn't read the scripture, but it says in, in uh, Genesis 18, 19, God said, I know Abraham. He will walk after me, and he will command his children after me. He knew. And the whole thing is about walking after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And see, that's what Satan wants to constitute again in America, bring back the law of sin and death. But he can't. We have been set free by the blood of the Lamb. Glory. By the blood of the Lamb. And he cannot undo, glory to God, my freedom and my heritage in God. Glory to God. We got a, we got a buddy. That's, Go ahead. We got a buddy that says, if you're walking around in fear, worry, doubt, you're breaking the law. <laughs> That's what he says. You're breaking the law. You're under the law of the spirit. You're not under the law of sin and death. Quit breaking the law, he says. <laughs> right. Amen. That's it. It was a different economy, a different law, different administration. The law of the spirit of life has set us free. Amplified it has exempted us from the law of sin and death. That's right. Why? Because as Isaac was, so are we, born after the spirit. Glory. Mm. And, most and the people, covenant is to those that, that are born of the Spirit. What do you got there, Whitney? Most people don't finish that scripture. They say there is therefore no not, no condemnation for those that are in Christ, and they stop right there. 
but you have no, to. No, no, no. You have to put the, the walk the not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Right. There right. you go. All right, we've got to take our last break of this Tuesday morning. We're going to come back and wrap up some more here uh, talking about Isaac and the type and shadow of the Spirit, and, and we're going to finish this up. We appreciate Brother Jeff and all of his insight, and we're going to come back and finish it up here on Voice in the Kingdom on the Box 2 Radio Network. All right, and we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. All right, Anita, thank you so much. And we are here in this final segment of this Tuesday morning. Got about 10 minutes left, and uh, Brother Jeff getting into the, the part here, uh, the, the best part of all of this, talking about being set free from sin and death because we are in the Spirit. Mm. And that's, that's the mystery of the kingdom right there. See, that's one of those mysteries that's being revealed that I was sharing with the fellows this morning. Uh, uh, God sees us in two places at the same time. Mm. He said, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, yet we're on the earth realm. We have the ability to be in two places at the same time. Only God can do that. Mm. Only God can do that. And Satan recognizes our seated place in authority, in this high place of authority. We don't, but God sees it, and he's trying to open our eyes to it. Now, in Romans eight fourteen, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit, of God, they are the sons of God. And that's the whole Abrahamic walk was being led by the Spirit. This validates his sonship. When God said, I want you to lead, well, he left. When God said, I want to lead the way you think, the way you act, the way you behave, he began to make changes. That validates his sonship. But we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But we have received what? The spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Father, Father. And that word adoption is not like our American word. It's a Greek word, which means to be placed as a son in the father's house. See? It's not like we go out and adopt some children, and then we call them our adopted children, our stepchildren. No, no, no. God doesn't have stepchildren. He hmm. doesn't have adopted children, like the American definition. His word adoption, he placed us as his own, his yes. sons. Yes. And I encourage every... Man of God, woman of God, if you have children that you foster or adopted, don't 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 call them stepchildren. That's not scriptural. That's not how we live. They're not a step down from your biological children. They're either your children or they're not. Mm. You receive them with the spirit of adoption, which is more powerful than blood adoption. Right. Amen. See? The spirit of adoption. You receive that child into your heart, it's just like he yours. Because the spirit is so powerful, you can't even break the bond of the spirit. And the scripture says that whereby we cry, Father, Father. Why? Because God is not our stepfather. He's our father. That's right. Amen. Even our great Lord said, when you pray, pray our father. He didn't say pray our stepfather. Right? He didn't say pray Jesus, Father, either. He said our he said, I'll follow. And that's the power of that connection, Quincy. And that's why the revelation of sonship is so powerful when it comes to the identity crisis. Because when you can understand your source and where you came from, and God wanted you, you're not a mistake. You, you, you're not an oops, baby. You're not a mistake, baby. You were already planned before the foundation of the world. Hmm. Why do you think abortion is so powerful that Satan wants to kill children? 
because God planned this in his own heart. He wanted a family. He wants children. He don't want no child to be aborted. He wants every child he can get into his kingdom, into his family, seated at his table. The spirit itself bear witness with our spirit. See, I'm not alone in this thing. The Holy Ghost is with me. He mm. tells me and bears witness that I am a son of God. And when I meet other sons of God, there's an instant witness to that. See, there's a witness, something you cannot see, something that you cannot touch, but you know it's there because the anointing inside of you bears witness, the same anointing in other brothers and sisters, that we have the same father. And the scripture says in 817, and if we are sons, then we are heirs. And if heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. Amen. Isaac was a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus, the seed, the one born after the spirit. The one that overshadowed Mary and, and caused Christ to come forth it was the Isaac. It so be that we suffer with him, we will be also glorified together. See? So the whole mystery of the thing is that sonship is after the spirit. We don't have a stepfather. We have a father that birthed us by his spirit. We're not foster children, glory to God. We were planned. I didn't know how this was going to fit. I see it now. According as God has chosen us, planned our lives, wanted us yes. in him before the foundation of the world. That's how important you are, man of God, woman of God. Your father loves you so much, he planned your life. He ordained your life. He wanted you. You are very important to the Lord. Not your title, not your position, but you. You are. Hmm. And it's impossible for God to have respect to a person. He loves you just as much as he loves the next man or the next one. Yes. And what he do for one, he'll do it for you. You just must believe him, come under him, and obey him. Hmm. And I'm telling you, the, uh, the, the sky is the limit. The kingdom of God is all about progression. God wants you to go from glory to glory to glory, from faith to faith. He wants you to begin to grow and become this mighty, strong tower. He wants you to become this, this anchor in the body of Christ. Yeah. Mm. Where you can help others come into their inheritance. Now, I don't know about you guys. I'm an heir. Amen. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I'm an heir. A joint heir with Christ. See? That's so powerful, man. And now all the, the promises of God have been fulfilled through Christ Jesus, and I, I receive them all. See? Amen. Brother. All the promises. Uh, yay and amen in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, Brother Whitney's got a scripture yeah. he's going to share right here. Well, go ahead. this just reminds me of this scripture. It says, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits uh -huh. on the right hand of God. Set your right. affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Hmm. Right. Amen. And that's by, by priority. It's the same spirit of seek first the kingdom of God. He's talking about by priority and importance. What's more important in your life? The kingdom, God, his purpose, what he desires. That's more important than my own will. See, that's yeah. sonship to the max. Yeah. And I'm telling you, to be successful is to put God first. Mm -hmm. First. 
That's why Not we get the log. That's right. When it comes to the light in yeah. America, but first. Yeah, that's why we get to walk on top. That's right. Right. I like that. Right. All right, brother. Well, uh, this uh, another great uh, deep Tuesday morning here uh, talking about the kingdom, brother. Uh, you know, the, one of the things that stood out to me that 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 spirit of adoption that we are His, uh, and it's That's not right. it's not a, a a second thought. It's not a step thought. It's it's His. Uh, that's, right. that's powerful right. stuff. It's powerful stuff. So we're not we're not second thought to the Jews. You know, he, we 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 have thought the Gentile. No, God had this in mind from the beginning. Yeah. Well, the Bible yeah, says from the beginning. The Bible says he that is made free is free indeed. Amen. Right. A lot of people say set, but it actually says made because you can be set free and then get right back in a trap. Mm -hmm. But when you're made free, then you're not under the law of sin and death. You're under the law of, of the spirit. And, right. And you can rule and reign with Christ. Whew. Glory be this to is God. Where the enemy, this is where the enemy knows it, and that's why he, he's come and trying to, to, to encroach upon our freedoms, our rights, uh, as sons of God, our liberties, and all of that. But all we have to do now is stand our ground. See, stand, uh-uh. And then having all the stand, stand. Come and on. we're not going to let him take our liberties, our freedom, or the next generation. That's right. God birthed, God birthed this nation. It belongs to God, whether people like it or not. God birthed the nation. Yes. Amen. And God set over it whomsoever he will. We are his. And God removed and God removes whosoever he wills. That's right. And so uh, I believe in his sovereign rule today. And I believe in twenty twenty he's gonna remove some some people and he's gonna replace some people. <laughs> and I believe God has raised this nation, this great nation called America, to fulfill his will and support his gospel, his kingdom, whether people like it or not. That's right. Amen. That's good stuff, Brother Jeff. Well, thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, we appreciate it and look forward to the next time. And we hope you have a blessed, blessed day, brother. Bless you, brother. Well, same to y'all. Be blessed, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. All right. Thank you, Brother Jeff and Elder Jeff right. Arrington, the church at Marshall in Marshall, Texas. And uh, we really appreciate his insight on Tuesdays. Hallelujah. You got anything else at the end here? Well, just... Listen to everything he taught. And a lot of us may have already been like, well, I knew a lot of that. But I just like how he puts it all into context and, and you know, puts a bow on it, like he says, and, yeah. and uh, makes it. But the bottom line is right now, whose report are we going to believe? Right. Right. Are we going to believe the report of the word or, or everything we've read in the Bible? Does do we believe that it's true or are we going to be shaken by all the things we see going on? And I would hope in this hour, in this season, that the real church would say, hey, I believe the word of God. The word of God has made me free from the law of sin and death. The word of God has, has given me the authority and the power and the right to really walk this earth as a son of God. So right now, that's what God's looking for. Sons and daughters, just to rise up, just trust him, Amen. just believe him.